Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amid Bros. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are back. Another week, another episode of the Amid Bros podcast. I'm one third. Of the trio better known as the Amiibos, Damon here, your host, along with my brothers, Jeremy 85 Jeremy, how we feeling? What's going on, fellas? Man, I'm feeling good. You know, I Texans got a dub. I, we're going to talk about it later, but like, there, cross your fingers, there's a chance we may be able to sneak into the playoffs if we could, you know, put something together. Uh, Clemson, you know, just 31-0 in the first quarter. The spread was 24 points. I was glad I bet it. Um, you know, we, we, it's been a very, very positive week Four and one on the bets. Uh, I mean, fantasy football wins on both leagues. I mean, it's like, what, what can I, mean, I say, man? Go it's ahead been, and run through the entire show. I mean, I mean, what, what we I'm doing? just saying everything, man. Everything's good, man. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm living my life like it's golden. Hey, man, it's a 90, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for, for 2020 to almost, you know, be coming to an end here in December. Um, you know what? I'm giving you guys some depressing, uh, depressing thought. You know, hopefully none of you guys are suicidal or anything. Um, I told somebody this because I had this thought a couple weeks ago, and uh, I just finally told Jared uh, a little earlier. You know what? Everybody's saying, you know, 2020 was the worst year ever. I can't wait for this year to be over, and no one is taking the time to consider that maybe it's just a bad decade. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. Hey, but man, Jeremy, that's a way to be positive, Jeremy. Yes. Oh. <laughs> hey, Jeremy. Jeremy, oh, really, really quickly, really quickly on that note, the thing I can tell you is, I'm somewhat concerned about the 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 zero years. I mean, uh, 2000 was the Y2K time. 2010, like, had the divorce and broken finger and money stolen out of my account. A really awful year. I mean, it turned out to be great, but awful year. Now 2020 is just this uh this kind of uh pandemic catastrophe. So uh, listen, 2030, I don't know, man. I might I might take uh Elon Musk up on his offer to go to Mars. We'll figure it out. Man, 20 man, 2030. I don't want to talk about 2030. <laughs> imagine. Damn, I'm gonna be 74 years old. Man, Let's go. I'm gonna be 74, 74 shooting my age for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, do well, do Jeremy, you uh you good, man? I can't remember if we you uh how you feeling? Yeah, 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 man. I'm, I'm, huh? I'm, I'm feeling good outside of, uh, you know, a little uh, snafu by the Eagles that we could talk about a little later. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, that little later is right now. Um, let's talk about Carson Wentz. Um, so f- before we get in Carson Wentz, shout out to everybody tuning in to us another week. Uh, we appreciate y'all. Um, and yeah, let's let's start the NFL. Um, Carson Wentz stinks it up again. Um, is it time for Jalen Hurts to? Um, to become the starter for the Eagles. Let's start with you, Jerry. No, it is not the time for Jalen Hurts to become the starter because Jalen Hurts is not good. Um, you know what? I keep hearing people saying, you know what? They should just bench him and put Jalen Hurts in. And if I thought Jalen Hurts was a capable back, a backup quarterback, or if they thought Jalen Hurts was a capable backup quarterback, he would have already gotten playing time. The fact he has not played shows me that Jalen Hurts is not ready to play. I thought it was a little reach to uh, to get him at number two, or is it not number two in the second round uh, of the draft? And I think um, Carson is struggling so bad right now, and part of it is due to terrible play calling. 
I mean, you look at a team that had, what was it? I think it was 16 carries the other day, but they averaged 6.8 yards per carry. I mean, not, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what you should be doing more of. Um, they have really no play action. Their blocking scheme is terrible. You've got Jason Peters playing guard for the first time in his career. He's got a broken toe, so he can barely move, and people are literally just running right by him. So, um, I mean, it's a it's a mess there. And people are saying, you know, you got to give him a chance. Maybe maybe Jalen Hurts comes in and plays. You know what? There's no point in ruining two quarterbacks. Carson Wentz is already ruined, apparently. And you might as well wait and let Jalen develop uh, on the bench and see if you got something in him maybe next year or the year after. I know I saw Jalen Hurts play against two good defenses all last year. Baylor, he looked terrible. And LSU. He looked even worse. So I don't think he's ready for an NFL uh, an NFL uh, game, and I think Doug Peterson has said that. Um, overall, though, I think they are an awful team. Um, I had uh, – I'm not going to say the amount of money. I had a lot of money on Seattle, minus six and a half, and the fact that they decided they wanted to throw a Hail Mary in the end zone with 12 seconds left and then go for a two-point conversion to lose by six <laughs> really upset me. Um, yeah. Doug Peterson, I I just want to say this. I will actively root against the Eagles and Seattle for letting it happen for the rest of the season. I cannot wait until next week when we play Carson Wentz because he let the Seattle Seahawks sack him six times, and their pass rush is terrible. I'm going to go on record saying that we get at least ten sacks in that game. Um, Yeah, it's – I'll tell you what, man. That was – I. I I felt bad. The person I felt the most bad for was that guy who spent five hundred thousand dollars on Seattle minus six and a half. So, um, you know, it's yeah. Well, if you, you're betting five hundred thousand dollars on a game, then you're probably not lacking for money, is my yeah. guess. But here, here's the thing, though, Jeremy. I, I do have to point out a couple things. One, when Jalen Hurts played versus Baylor, he threw for two hundred ninety-seven yards, four touchdowns, and one pick, and they won the game. So I can't say he played bad versus Baylor. LSU, yeah, he didn't play great. But to answer the question, should they get rid of or go ahead and move towards Jalen Hurts? Of course they should, because Carson Wentz is the worst quarterback in the NFL this year. Like I, I know that may seem like, oh, hyperbole. And I remember we had this conversation earlier in the year, and I was like, guys, Carson Wentz is playing terrible. And I, I just – I don't know if you guys weren't watching him play because you guys were arguing like, oh, look at what he, the numbers he put up versus the Ravens and the Steelers. And I was like, if you watch that game, he didn't put up any stats until the game was already done. And then – I mean, same way with this game. I mean, he throws his bull job late touchdown. Luckily for me, I will, I, will, I will throw this out here. I bet, even in the podcast, I bet early in the week, Seahawks to cover five points versus the Eagles. But, I had five and a half on one of my bets so, and, yes. and on the podcast. So I, I was good to go from that bet standpoint. But the big yes. bet I bet was the but, bet a little later. And I also had a bet on the game at, at six and a half. The, pro, the thing for me, though, was – I did a parlay of six and a half and over 48. So they weren't covering either way. And my only thought was I felt bad for Jeremy because I was like, oh, man, that's going to suck. But then I was like, oh, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe they they uh, they kick the onside. They have like an A.J. Brown moment. They run it back for a touchdown, still end up covering, maybe cover the 48 points. So I started feeling like that, but I was like, uh. either way, let me tell you why I should start Jalen Hurts. First off, Jalen makes decisive reads. Carson Wentz has guys that are open. I don't want anybody to act like Carson's not like oh he just has nothing. Yeah, he, does they're, not. they're, he does have guys that are open. Now are they great? Are they, they're, are they have great receivers, great separation? No, but there's plenty of times where those routes are open and he hesitates and then they're covered. Then he throws it. 
Secondly, as much as I like Carson Wentz's mobility, he, like there's some situations where you're just like, look, man, live to fight another day. Get down. Like Jalen Hurts, I think, is more athletic, more mobile, even though I think Carson's pretty mobile. But you got to be able to get down and get out of harm's way and not take the shots he's taking. And I think that when he takes these, he holds on to the ball a little too long, takes these sacks. Uh, and some of it is the offensive line is not good. I will agree. I've I've had uh, foot surgery on my my left big toe twice. That I I struggled to play golf with with my big toe. I can't imagine trying to block um, Carlos Dunlap coming off an edge with uh, with a, <laughs> a bum toe. But with that being said, I think the mobility of Jalen Hurts would help. I think that at worst case scenario, Jalen Hurts could do a Taysom Hill performance as far as being able to throw the ball well enough, but being able to stop. run he's, the ball. He's, he's not even nearly I, as athletic as Taysom Hill. But Jeremy, I, I don't know about that. I think I think Jalen Hurts ran like a four four. I, I mean, he, I, he I ran think four five nine. Was he four five nine? He was slower than Deshaun. Yeah. yeah. But, but even even with that though, he's a, he's a big stocky guy. Maybe he's not big big as Taysom, but I think he can at least run a similar style offense to that to be able to at least get you give you a chance to win games because Carson Wentz has turned the ball over in ten of eleven games this season. Just, that's, you just can't win that way, and that defense played far too well. For them to do that. Last thing that you said that they have, if, if Jalen Hurts would have given them a legitimate chance to win, then they would be playing him. I don't think that's the case. One, I think the coach is not a fan of him at all. And two, when you have 60 million tied into a quarterback over the next two years, you can't really get rid of him. That's your problem. And they should have done what I said before the trade deadline. I said before the trade deadline, when he was just starting to struggle, that they should see if they could trade him to the Indianapolis Colts to repair him with Frank Reich who was the offensive coordinator when they won the Super Bowl. And I said, you could get out from under that contract and start over because if not, you're going to be trapped. Here's the thing. You're at the table in Vegas, and you know that 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 one moment where, like, you you get up and you're like, all right, man, I probably should just take these winnings and leave. And then when you say, yeah, I'm going to try to get $50 more, that's when you get hit. And they should have gotten up from the table and been like, look, we signed a dumb contract. We probably have it out. You probably can get from underneath it, and and this is what you get. You get a, a yeah. When you get from overpaid. when you get from underneath it, you know what happens. You end up being Washington. At the end of the day, Carson Wentz has proven he can be a great quarterback in the league. Is he playing well right now? No. But I'm gonna give you a couple reasons why your why your uh, opinion was wrong on that. So number one, if you do bring in Jalen Hurts, you have to change up the offense. They've shown this entire season they have no willingness to change up what they're doing anyway. They're just calling a bunch of basic vanilla plays, and if you're going to actually change the offense, you might as well change it up to fit what Carson Wentz does well. Number two, Jeremy, question: What does Carson Wentz do well? He's very athletic, and you need to shorten up his uh, his decision making process because he can throw the ball. They have him sitting in the pocket trying to make a bunch of reads with a bunch of receivers that aren't any good. Move the pocket some. You know he's athletic. Let's see some motion. Let's see some things where you give him some easy throws, some 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 bubble screens, things like that. Some one one read passes. Like you're not seeing the reason why Taysom Hill is going to be good with the Saints is not because Taysom is so good. It's one because they got the best offensive line of football. Number two is because they have way better weapons than, than the Eagles have. And number three, Sean Payton's probably at least a top three play caller in the league. If you could, yes. you could argue he's number one. It's either Andy Reid, him, or Sean McVay. Or not Sean McVay. Uh, um, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. And so if you look at what they do well, they do nothing well. And I think. Doug Peterson is literally the embodiment of Dan Quinn. He had a great, 
great play caller there and Frank Reich, who was pretty much putting him in the right position, making sure that Carson Wentz was good, making sure that, that uh, Nick Foles played well. And since then, they haven't been the same. I, I think um, overall, they're, they're showing that, they're, that they miss Frank Reich. I don't think uh, Doug Peterson knows what he's doing. And when he gets fired, if they get a legitimate coach there, uh, I wouldn't really want to wish uh, that situation on uh, my guy from uh, Kansas City, but uh, but Jeremy, Jeremy, here's here's what I, I I will agree. All the things you say are things that could help. He's definitely athletic. They could make the read shorter. They could use motions. Problem is this: Carson Wentz is in his fifth season. If in your fifth season, yeah, I gotta give you like like think about this. If I have to in the fifth season say, let me call more motions. Let me give you one read routes. Let me call more bubble screens. Let me get you on the move so you don't have to make decisions in the pocket. That I can do that with Jalen Hurts and not pay him $40 million. So I think that's really the issue the, is so he's better at it and you're going to have to pay him that money anyway. <laughs> that's why I said you should have traded him. You, if you traded him to the Colts, you didn't have to pay him that money. And then you could have just done the same thing with Jalen Hurts. And I actually think he'd have been better at it. All right. Um, it's going to be interesting, man. I, I definitely think Jalen Hurts deserves a shot, deserves a shot. And uh, Carson Wentz, like Jerry said, he just he, he, he needs to understand that it's OK to just throw the ball out of bounds, you know, like just or take the sack. He always trying to be a hero. But anyway, let's move on. Um, Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes uh, beat up on the Bucks. Um, could they possibly miss the playoffs? Let's start with you, Jared. So could the Bucks miss the playoffs? Yes, they could. And the thing that sucks the most about this podcast is yeah, you, sometimes you have opportunities to where you're actually wrong. And for me, it's very rare, but you have them. And Jeremy was saying, listen, everybody's overrating the Bucs as the biggest three-game win streak overreaction of anybody, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, Jeremy, why are you hating on the GOAT? Like, you're just hating. Like, that's, that's fine. And I watched them play, man. Like, here's the thing. First off, Tom Brady's not very good right now. Like, can we please stop with the – like, everybody wants to make all excuses. Tony Romo is my favorite commentator of all sports. Mm-hmm. But he was awful on Sunday. Everything he – every time Tom Brady did something bad, he blamed somebody else. He threw a ball out of bounds, and he said, you know what? If he just – if the other guy ran it, maybe a a, a a steeper route. Man, what? He threw he, a, he One threw worse than that. To what, Mike Evans, that, he, he threw he threw one off the uh, off, off off his own teammate's helmet, helmet. And, and and then Tony Romo said, "I mean, Mike Evans got to flatten that out." Like, those yeah, guys. literally, <laughs> he should have stopped in the, stopped in the zone. No, and there was a there was a play where Mike Evans where he he said, "I mean that that uh that pass is on." He said that that incompletion is on Mike Evans. I mean, yes, Brady threw a terrible pass, but I'm like, no, 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 you don't need to go, but. Once you say, yes, he threw a terrible pass, that's on him. So, with that being said, they don't throw the ball very well. They don't run the ball at all, which is stupid. And I think the other aspect of it is you got a team that they're the, – the head coach is calling out the, the, the quarterback every week. Every time he plays bad, makes a mistake, he gets on national television and calls him out. I'm all for criticizing your, your best players, but criticize them privately the same way you would do with everybody else. Don't just call out all these people publicly and then, you know, just ruin the relationships that you possibly have. So uh, I, I, personally, you look at it, they're on a bye this week. They're 7-5. and five. 
The Vikings are six and six and are playing the Jaguars this week. The Jaguars, who are one and ten, who won their first game and have lost ten straight since. I picked before the season that the Jaguars are going to go one and fifteen. I'm going to stick with that pick. And with that being said, if the Vikings win, they're six and six and play the Buccaneers the next week. And if they beat the Buccaneers, they're seven and six. The Bucs are seven and six, and the Vikings have the tiebreaker are and are in the seventh spot. So as much as I can look at it and say, oh, don't overreact. And yet the game versus the Chiefs at the end got close, even though I bet the Chiefs to cover three and they were up 17 and then won by three. Another tangent. But I do think Bucks have a chance of missing the playoffs after that nonsense. All right, Jeremy. Um, what do you think about this uh this Brady situation down in uh Tampa Bay? Yeah, um I appreciate your uh, your acknowledging, Jared. Um I told you guys early in the season, I said, look, you know, they're playing a very weak schedule. You know, they lost to the Bears and then uh they beat uh the Packers after Aaron Rodgers was up ten zero and then threw two of the dumbest picks I've ever seen in my life. One of them got run back to the end zone, Nuggets one got run back to like the two yard line. And then they kind of ran away with it from there. Uh, they beat the Raiders, um, who also lost to the Falcons in uh, blowout fashion. And, you know, who else did they beat after that? I want to say, was that, I think they may have played somebody else. Sorry, before they played us. It was it was a very, very weak uh, winning streak. And there was 6-2. and two, And everybody was saying, man. The, 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 and still today, people are still saying, I, I can't rule out the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are terrible. Sorry, they are. Um, their offensive line sucks. Their defensive line isn't getting the pressure oh, it was getting earlier in the season. So hard, dog. It's not good. I mean, if you really want to be honest, you hate on the Bucks like you hate on Russell Westbrook or LeBron. Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll give LeBron his props. I'll give LeBron his props because almost Bucks and Russell Westbrook are both as overrated as each other. Um, like, if you look at the Buccaneers, like, what are they good at? Their secondary is trash. I've been saying that forever. Everybody's like, oh, Carlton Davis. Carlton Davis is trash. Y'all saw that when he played against Tyreek Hill. He, he, like, literally every time he goes against Michael Thomas, that's what happens, um, or whoever he's going against. If people are talking about Jamel Dean. Well, Jamel Dean is, you know, number two on pro football focus, so, you know, he could have gone out there and done a good job. Jamel Dean is trash. Literally, he bites on every double move, and Tyreek Hill would have got 340 yards if he was guarding him. Um, you look at their linebackers. People, they're, they're some thumpers, and they hit hard. So, you know what people are doing? They're saying, you know what? Instead of hitting somebody, why don't you go chase this wide receiver in this in this tight end out out in the flat and see if you can tackle him? So at the end of the day, people have figured out what they're doing. Um, Tom Brady is not being very good. He's uh the only person who's got more interceptions than him this season is Carson Wentz. And uh, at the end of the day, if his name wasn't Tom Brady, nobody would even think this team is relevant. So I don't think they're they've got a chance of of, uh, of making any kind of playoff run. I think they could miss the playoffs um, because I'm not ruling them. I, I think they'll lose at least one game against the Falcons. Um, so it's really going to come down to if they can beat the Vikings. So, um, overall, look, it kind of is what it is with them. I think they'll probably make the playoffs as a seven seed or something and come into playoffs and lose to, I don't know, Seattle or Green Bay if they played them again and, uh, and go home and wait. So that's pretty much what's going to happen. Uh, another tangent, Kansas City's not that good either. Sorry. I watch them play. Everybody talks about how oh, great they are. stop it. Everybody talks about how great they are. Jeremy, cut it out. Show me an impressive win on Kansas City's uh, resume for this entire season. Somebody please do it. Jeremy, they, they, I'll, they, I'll go through them real fast. Okay. Um, so, first game of the season, they play oh, – sorry, I'm looking at 
the the news games. All right, first game of the season they played you guys. They beat Texans, they Ravens, Chargers. And they played the Chargers. One one by three. Play the Ravens. Uh, one by fourteen. Keep in mind, none of those teams are in the playoffs right now. Um, play the Patriots. It doesn't matter. The Ravens are a good 16. team. You can't say Ravens uh, are a good team. Keep going. What are Ravens? Six and six. Uh they're they're seven. Six and five. And, they're six five. Yeah. Yeah, or six and five. So I mean, the Ravens are the Ravens are decent. I'm not gonna say the Ravens are a good team. Um, they lost to the Raiders. Um, beat the Bills. That's a solid win. Beat the Bills by nine. Beat the Broncos. Um, beat the Jets. Beat the Panthers by two. Beat the Raiders in that close game again. And then beat the Buccaneers. So I mean, but Jeremy, Jeremy, I'm gonna ask you a question. Yeah. What's your good win for the Saints? Uh, the Saints good wins this season. Uh, we beat the Buccaneers twice. Now I'll give them credit for beating the Buccaneers, but we blew them out. They won by three points. Uh, we blew them out twice. Um, yeah, but they 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 were up seventeen and then like played prevent. Like that's not at like like their their first touchdown I mean, was on a fourth and were they ten not a, where they, they threw not a bomb. Only scored three point ten points in the rest of the game after the first quarter. But yeah, but do you think if that game was close? Do you think the Chiefs couldn't score, or they just were like, hey, look, we're not gonna go as aggressively as we were. I I think they probably could like they could have scored when they when they needed to almost like the Rams did against the Bucks the week before, but I will also point out and say they let a lot of teams hang around, and that's something they've been doing a lot lately. So uh, if you look at that, I mean I think that's where where we got to look at. Like I, I look at the Saints' schedule for this year, and the Saints early in the season played Buccaneers week one, Raiders, Packers, Lions, Chargers, Panthers, Bears. Buccaneers, 49ers, Falcons, Broncos. So the Saints have played a stronger strength of schedule than what they played. And from a dominant standpoint, we've been way more dominant. Like in the last four weeks, we've allowed one touchdown. In the last eight I, weeks. I'm, I'm not telling – Jeremy, Jeremy, I'm gonna, and, and I don't want us to get off on this tangent, but yeah. I just asked that because you you can go win, win total, but you nobody really – like as I mentioned to you earlier today, there's no really good teams in the league this year. It's really, I mean, there's like three or four. Like, so unless you're going to start counting teams like the Ravens, then you're not really counting anybody. Because, like, outside of that, who's really good? Are the Bills really good? No. Like, as, like if you're looking at teams, like, really, there's, like, Chiefs, Saints, Steelers, I still think are somewhat overrated because they're offense. Oh, Steelers are trash. And they're not trash. But, like, they, they had an awful game yesterday. But like, there's only a couple teams that you can be like I'm actually. Good. So like, I don't think you can look at it and sit there wings. I'm sorry, I, I, I damn, I want to apologize to you. So because you're basically saying no, every team in the league is trash, but the Saints is basically what what you're saying. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying the Chiefs are a good team and they can turn it on and they can be really great. But right now they're not playing great football. Um, everybody wants to pretend like they're playing great football, but I think they got a lot of holes. Uh, the Steelers literally have played the weakest schedule in the history of football and. They keep struggling in games. They shouldn't like they they struggled. And Big Ben threw up one of the the, the luckiest prayers and in the game that could have been picked off, and they could have lost to the backup quarterbacks and half the backups from the Ravens. Uh, I mean, they 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 got some lucky calls away from losing to the Cowboys. I mean, they're they're not a very good football team. I, I like their defense. I think their defense is talented, but their offense is literally had no run game whatsoever, and really a bunch of short throws. So I don't think they're going to last long in the playoffs. Like I, to me. If you ask me who's a better football team, them or the Titans, even though they beat the Titans earlier this season, I think the Titans are a better football team right now than them. I think the Colts are a better football team than them right now. I think there's a lot of teams that are better than the Steelers. I don't think the Steelers are a very good football team at all. 
Okay. All right. Let's uh let's switch it up, fellas. Let's talk about some NBA. Uh LeBron and AD. Uh shout out to those boys. They both signed uh max extensions. Um should they uh be the favorite to repeat? Let's start with you, Jared, on this topic. Yes, to answer your question. The Lakers should be the favorite versus the field. Let me tell you why. The Lakers won the title last year and they got significantly better. Um I I, I think really if you go across the board, like not only did they get better from a player per player standpoint, but from a, I mean, they, they figured out ways to, to manufacture extra capital to get a guy like a Montrezl, Montrezl hero. Think about this. Danny green was signed because, because we waited on Kawhi last year and because he strung us along, we didn't have many options and we had, we had left a max cap spot. So we signed Danny Green to a two-year, $15 million a year deal. Now, is Danny Green worth $15 million a year? Of course not. So what we did was we trade Danny Green away, get Dennis Schroeder on the last year of a contract, and then we signed Wes Matthews to approximate what Danny Green does. I think he actually is a little bit better version of Danny Green at this point, but that's debatable. And we signed him to a three-year deal. I, I was sorry, a three, $3 million a year deal for uh, for this year. Uh, you know, Dennis Schroeder, I think, is a younger, better version of Rondo at this point. Uh, Montrez Harrell, everybody's down on, but Montrez was the sixth man of the year for a reason. Averaged 19 points per game last year. Uh, and even though he, uh, he 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 did not do well versus Jokic, what a lot of people don't realize is last year when they rated defensive centers, he was top five in nearly every, every category. Uh, now, Jokic is just way too big for him, and yeah, we're not going to have him guard at somebody like that, but uh, Montrez Harrell is not a bad uh, defender. And I think the team now has the ability to play whatever way you want. If you want to play small ball, they can play small with AD at the center uh, and, and LeBron at the three and Marcus Morris at the four, or however you want to play that. If you want to go huge, I mean, the Lakers literally could go LeBron at the point, KCP at the two, uh, Marquise Morris at the three, Montrez Harrell at the four, or AD at the four, Mar- Marcus Hall at the five. They have a, the versatility to do that. And I think here's the other part that people don't realize. Um, you remember I said a couple years ago, so LeBron almost beat the Warriors by himself in 2015 when Kyrie got hurt and when uh, Kevin Lowe got hurt. And they went to the sixth game and the Warriors won. And then the next year, the Warriors were something different to deal with. That 73-win team that LeBron and Kyrie... Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You saying he almost upset the Warriors and he didn't go game, He didn't go seven games? It's like, it's just like it's somebody like, losing. It's like, it's like saying that he almost upset last year. It's like somebody losing. No, no, because here's the thing. Think about this. They lost in six. One game was in overtime that they lost. And the other game they lost where they had I the lead in the final two. I don't care tournament. if they lost so seven, I, I, six. What's the game? 11-9 in the well. breaker. Here, here, here's what I'm saying. If you look at that that series, even a, forget that. What I'm saying is this. The Warriors, had they had Kyrie, or Lakers, Cavs, if they had Kyrie or anybody like that, would have won that series pretty easily. The reason they was Kyrie game one, they still got beat. Jeremy Kyrie got hurt before at, at the beginning of overtime. But even though they lost that game, LeBron's lost game one nearly by every finals. The fact of the matter is, they would have won that series, in my opinion, pretty easily. What happened was, though, once Steph and Clay and Draymond and that that crew got a championship, then there's no pressure on them to win. All of that championship shine goes on you. And it's like one of those situations where you see somebody that comes out of college that plays tennis and they're like, they win a national championship in college or they've been really dominant. 
when they hit the the tour, they get they start playing those tournaments. At the beginning, they usually win a futures, win another one, ball out until they start taking some L's because they have this confidence, even if it's somewhat inflated, that they they are the ish. And Anthony Davis, as talented as he is, has that championship sheen on him now. That that oh well, I'm not afraid to take that shot. Oh, what you gonna say? I just won a title. That confidence and that talent is gonna make it to where I don't think there's really a, a legitimate chance of anybody beating us this year. I think next year probably I, I would I would probably bet on us to three peat. Um, you know, depending on you know Harden going to to Brooklyn, I still would think it would be a debacle, but I think they'd have an opportunity. But there's I, I think realistically, I would take right now Lakers versus the field. Okay. All right, Jeremy. What you got on this? That's one way of looking at it. Um, so I'm not taking the Lakers should be the favorite. Should they be the favorite first to field? Absolutely not. Please stop. They shouldn't even be the favorites versus the West. Um, if I look at the Lakers roster from this year, maybe it's just me. I think they got worse. Um, I look at last year, what I thought made them the most formidable is that they had so many rim protectors and they could play a bigger lineup if they need to. They can't really do that anymore. Um, if you look at their lineup, who is going to be the center? Like, you can put Anthony Davis at the center and play Montrezl Harrell at the center. But Mario had the power forward, but Montrezl Harrell can't block shots. So all you really need is a center that can space the floor. And if you go against Jokic, who's going to be guarding uh, Who's going to be guarding him? Not Montrez, obviously. It's going to be AD. So who's going to be the Hall. Sure, Marcus Hall is literally like the the speed of, um, I don't know, half of me right now. Like literally, Jokic isn't, isn't beating people off athleticism. Like yeah, at, Marcus Hall is terrible now. Just in case you want. Here's here's what here's the thing that's funny. We look at like a Serge Ibaka, and everybody's like, "Oh, look at the defensive impact he's going to bring to the Clippers as a shot blocker." But guess who averaged more blocks than him last year? Marcus Hall. Guess who else averaged more blocks than Serge Ibaka? James Harden. So let's not add like all of a sudden. But he's a Marcus much better Saul, defender than either one of them. No, Marcus Saul, who was a former defensive player of the year, is at worst a capable defender. It's not like we need somebody to be Dennis Rodman shutting down people. Marcus Saul is fully capable of guarding Jokic and us not being in trouble. Mar- Marcus Saul turns 30, 36 next month. We're talking about so like we're not talking about uh Serge Ibaka who's still um uh, how old is Serge? Serge got to be like in his early thirties. Uh, yeah, I, I venture to say he's probably 31, 32. Yeah, so he's somewhere in that range. He's still athletic. He can space the floor shooting a three. Uh, I think he's a, a huge upgrade over Montrez Harrell, who I was never a big fan of. Montrez is, puts up a lot of points, and a lot of it was in transition and things like that because they get out on a fast break. But he's really not, you know. Some superstar player. So, um, overall, I think you guys got a lot worse. Uh, not a lot worse. I think you got worse. Um, I think Rondo really was um, a key piece for you guys, and you lost him. Uh, and Dennis Schroeder is coming in saying he's going to start. Uh, I don't know how that's going to play over. Um, I think Wesley Matthews is kind of a poor man's Danny Green. Now, Danny Green wasn't great at times, but Danny Green has been there before. You don't have to worry about that factor with Wesley Matthews because he hasn't. Or you do have to worry about it with Wesley Matthews because he hasn't. Um I do think y'all, you know, Anthony Davis and LeBron would be strong. So I think y'all, I think y'all should be the favorite. Um, if y'all go in the series right now and Kevin Durant's healthy and, K- and Kyrie's healthy, do I think you guys should win the series? No, I don't. 
I'm going to be honest. If Kevin Durant and Kyrie are healthy at any point in the season, I'll be shocked. And if that's the case, you guys probably got a better chance of winning. <laughs> All right, fellas. Yeah, let's uh, let's keep it in the NBA. It was definitely a blockbuster uh, trade that went down a couple of days ago uh, between John Wall leaving D.C. and going out to Houston, man. It, and, you know, telling how John, you know, my boy Wall, could be acting out of Houston. But uh, let's talk about it. Jeremy, uh, let's start with you, man. What do you think about this trade? This was a great trade for the Houston Rockets. They got the better player, and they got the pick. It's kind of like Jason Tatum getting going to the Celtics and uh, getting a first-round pick, and then Philly took Markel Fultz. I mean, at the end of the day, Russell Westbrook, at this point in his career, is nothing more than a liability. He can't shoot. He said he wants to go to his own team so he can play his, his, ball, his style again. And I, if you don't know what his style is, he's shooting 24% threes. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he might be like if if you're playing a video game and you say what's your basketball IQ? I'm pretty sure on on uh, 2K his that negative four. He's literally <laughs> the the anti winner yeah. on game on on a team. And I like Russell Westbrook as a person. He seems like a nice guy. I know people have met him. They said he's whoa a, a charm to be around. But at the end of the day, I think Russell Westbrook makes any team worse. I don't think he has any kind of sense of what he's supposed to be doing on the court. Um, I think he'll put up monster stats and monster numbers, and at the end of the day, they will account for L's. Scott Brooks has proven he doesn't know how to coach Russell Westbrook um, because every time he coached Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook did whatever he wanted to do. Um, I feel worse for Bradley Beal um, because I think by February, he's going to be asking for a trade. Um, And just from what I'm seeing right now and what they gave up, you know, maybe we can – Ship out Lonzo Ball and let him play with him. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be some 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 tough sledding for them. I think the reason why the trade worked and the and why uh, Houston wanted to get the trade first, I'm not sure they sold on John Wall. I'm not, but I think they know John Wall is going to look good when he comes back. John Wall's value is as low as it's gonna be right now because he hasn't played basketball in two years. So they understand if John Wall comes back and John Wall looks great in. Uh, early in the season, and they decide, hey, we want to go into a rebuild, John Wall is actually going to have some trade value. James Harden obviously has trade value, so they can get the starting pieces. What they realized with with Russell Westbrook is that Russell Westbrook's trade value is very, very low because what they said was not a lot of teams wouldn't offer much for him or even wanted him, and his value is probably not going up. So you trade, you get John Wall, you get a capable player, you maybe see for a couple months if it'll work with with James Harden, how, how they're meshing, and I think he'll put up monster stats. Worst case scenario, you're able to trade both of them, get some rebuilding pieces, and, and be ready to go moving forward. So I thought it was a, a slam dunk for Houston. I thought it was a terrible trade for Washington. But why should I be surprised? That's what teams in Washington do. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jarrett, what do you think about this, uh, this Westbrook wall trade? Well, I want a completely opposite end of the spectrum. First off, don't hate on Washington sports. The Nationals won a World Series last year. So did the Washington WNBA team with uh, Elena Deladon. And the Washington football team is now in you know, tied for first place. They're, they're, they're starting to win games. They put Ron Rivera in place, and they look like they're starting to put something together. Uh, I actually think Washington won that, the, the trade pretty handily. I'm going to tell you why. As much as I do like John Wall to an extent, but John Wall, I, I have serious concerns about him from, one, a focus standpoint. Two, 
I mean, from an awareness standpoint, we're talking about a guy who literally first NBA game of his career comes out and does the Dougie for a minute before the game. You pair him back with his college teammate of Boogie Cousins. I'm not sure how well that goes together. Uh, Boogie Cousins, when the trade was made, made uh, tweeted an emoji that looked like he was not happy. Um, and you throw in the fact that, all right, I've, I'm Washington. I get Russell Westbrook, who is a better version of what John Wall is. I know we may act like John Wall, like Russell Westbrook doesn't make any team better. Russell Westbrook, when he played last year, the Rockets were a better team. Russell Westbrook, when they when they start the year slowly and they were trying to figure out the roles, eventually Harden was like, all right, I'm going to take over the point. And Russell was like, all right, I'm just going to drive the ball and I'm going to stop shooting threes and I'm going to play significantly more efficient. He averaged 27 points a game, seven rebounds a game, seven assists a game on 47% from the field. And if you look at during that stretch, right, you know, right before the, the league shut down, for like a month and a half, two months, he shot over 50% from the field and was playing very efficient ball. And one of the things that we've seen from Russell Westbrook is he's able to play with other players. I watched him play with Paul George. And although I, I thought Paul George completely choked in that playoffs, but you, you can blame him on the shoulder. But during that season, Paul George was top three candidate for MVP. Russell Westbrook has done a very good job with playing with other players. And he's going to bring a level of energy that's going to make it fun to play with. Also, I think the other aspect of the trade that nobody really talks about. Bradley Bill's not leaving. Bradley Bill just signed a two-year contract extension last year that, that takes him into twenty uh, all the way up until 2023. So I think the reality is you get Russell Westbrook there. You have the ability to, I think, put Bradley Bill as the best player on the team, as the guy, because there's a relationship between Wall and Bradley Bill where Wall kind of has the big brother uh, feel of that relationship since he was there first. And they knew they couldn't. Bradley, Bradley Bill is the best player on the team. He's going to have to be the alpha guy. And they couldn't bring John Wall back because John Wall wanted to be the guy. So I think it's a better fit. I think the if you look at the stipulations of the first-round pick, it's really nothing. It's first it's lottery uh, protected for this year. The following year is top 12 protected. following year is top eight protected. And then if you don't get it in those top, first three years, it took, converts to two second-round picks. So the reality is you're not getting a high pick out of that. Really, all it was was to appease – the Houston Rockets, who traded four first-round picks and Chris Paul to get Russell Westbrook in the first place, and now you're looking at a situation where I don't think the Rockets are really interesting. I don't. I mean, I think John Wall. I, I hope he does well. I, I'm rooting for for them to to do well, but I don't think they have some you know really good chance of doing anything. And on the other end, I think Washington has a legit chance of being a top four or five seed in the in the East. Jerry, Jerry let me ask you a question: What is Russell Westbrook better at than uh, than John Wall? Oh, he's a better attacker uh, at, of the basket. He's, he's uh, obviously significantly more healthy. Um, I think he's a he's a better. Uh, I, I think he, he the both of them are, are kind of they they average a lot of assists. Both of them have led the league in assists, but I don't think either one of them are really natural passers. Um, I I think he's a slightly better defender. I I think he's not coming off of a torn Achilles, so I have some more certainty on what he's gonna be. And I think he's he's. One of the things I never can question about Russell Westbrook is his desire and his want to get better and play. Now, he may not have high basketball IQ, which I, I might agree with you on that. But every game, he's coming out playing with tenacity 100, 110%. And uh, from you know the, the commentary of D.C., they love John Wall. Heard he's a great person, does a lot of charity. But John Wall, I mean, they're – there, there's a John Wall jersey that instead of having Wizards on the front, has Rose Bar on it. I mean, the, the the streets were talking to John Wall. I mean, we saw him throwing up gang signs in the video uh, about, about a month ago. 
So I think in reality, I get a more mature, more focused player, and I don't have the injury concerns. So I, I, I think it's a better win for yeah. the uh, the Wizards. Yeah. I mean, you you got to deal with your point guard taking 25 shots a game, but other than that, you should be fine. <clears throat> we'll see. All right, fellas. Um, let's switch it back to some NFL real fast. Um, let's talk about Jared's team, the Texans. Um, can they make the playoffs? They're back-to-back wins, looking good right now. What, uh, what, let's start with Jeremy on this. What do you think about the Texans? Uh, you know what? I, I, I hate to do this because I know Jared has gotten his hopes up and thrown them out the window and then gotten them up again, thrown them out the window and gotten them up again. And I hate to I hate to do this to Jared and just put you know a hole in the balloon, but no, the Texans can't make the playoffs. And the reason the Texans can't make the playoffs is I don't think they'll make the playoffs even if they win the rest of their games. Like there, there's a now that the Ravens have lost, they they're fifty three percent likely to to make the playoffs if they win out. That's not very promising. That's like hey, you're you're fifty fifty if you win every game that you have going forward. And based on the schedule, I can't say that I believe they're going to win every game going out. I think they're playing a lot better. I think they've, they've got some weapons, and I think Deshaun's playing great. But at the end of the day, it's hard to win seven games in a row, especially for a team that's not very good. Um, so <clears throat> I, think, uh, I think Deshaun's going to continue to play well. I think they're probably going to finish 8-8. Eight and eight. I, I, I'd assume they may, might lose one game moving forward. And probably will miss the playoffs, but I do think they got a shot. <clears throat> if they're able to win out, they got a shot of getting in. I think they got a shot of winning out, but I doubt it. And I would not put any money into it, um, betting betting on that. Well, your commentary is as welcome as Rudy Giuliani's farted at the uh, the hearing today. I'm not yeah. sure if you guys saw that. That was pretty funny. Yeah. He was doing his deposition and he just farted, but it was like super loud, and everybody just turned and looked at him, and he kept talking like nothing happened. Either way. <laughs> Do my Texans have a chance of making the playoffs? We most certainly do. Let me tell you why. First off, Deshaun Watson is playing unbelievable football. Um, I think, obviously, we you saw on uh, Thanksgiving versus the Lions, four touchdowns, no interceptions, 150 quarterback rating. Um, you know, shout out to, to Deshaun for three days. He held the uh, career passing uh, rater, passer rating. Um Record for the NFL for a career. He had the highest career passer rating in the NFL's history for minimum of 1,500 attempts. He held it for three days until Patrick Mahomes passed the 1,500 pass attempt mark and uh, overtook it. Deshaun is now second all-time in passer rating. Um, but one of the things that you see from Deshaun is he's reading defenses significantly better. And I think one of the things that you can see is beforehand, Deshaun never really called audibles. He never did a lot of – um, that when it came down to his play. And I think one of the things we're seeing now is a quarterback who is, is making, is more comfortable making those audibles because of the fact that um, there is no um, Bill O'Brien ruining the, the rest of the season. And I think you, you got a situation now where um, he's doing all the things that you would ask for him to do. He is, uh, you know, giving, giving them the best chance to win by putting, solid offensive performances together back to back to back. The consistency is there. And then on top of that, let's look at the schedule. Here's the main reason why I think we have a chance of making the playoffs. First and foremost, really it's going to boil down to, can the Texans beat the Colts twice? 
That's really all it boils down to. Because here's the here's the reason why that's all it boils down to. The other games outside of the Colts games, the Bears and Mitch Trubisky, Deshaun Watson in his first chance to go to Chicago, a team who needed a quarterback and didn't even give him an interview. He's not losing to Mitch Trubisky. Secondly, the other games, he plays the Bengals. Bengals uh, are, if, if you're paying attention to any of that kind of thing, are without Joe Burrow. So I don't think there's a really legitimate chance that he's going to lose to Brandon Allen. So what does that leave? That leaves a situation to where you got Deshaun Watson, last game of the season, possibly playing the Titans, when the Titans would literally already have the the playoffs wrapped up. Uh, They'd already have the division one. And I don't think if you're the Titans and you have a final game to play versus the Texans that's meaningless, that you're going to play your starters. Because last year, I saw the exact same situation happen. I saw a team last year where, uh, you know, they were playing. uh, The Texans had already clinched the division. And once they clinched the division, they were like, hey, there's there's no point of us, um, you know, really continuing to play our starters. Let's just give it up. And that's exactly what happened. And so I think if you're looking at the team and you're trying to figure out what is the most likely scenario is if the Texans beat the Colts, beat the Bears, beat the Colts, they're going to beat the Bengals. They're going to get a, a buy essentially um, into beating the uh, the Titans in the end because they're, they'd already have that playoff spot secured. And I think that's good enough to get them to the playoffs because here's the main thing too. Since the Ravens lost last night, any team that's really going to be in a tiebreaker with them, um, as long as it's, it's not a single-person tiebreaker, if it's, let's say, the Dolphins, the Ravens, and the Texans, even or Browns, Ravens, Texans, whoever, even if it's teams that the Texans have lost to head-to-head, the tiebreaker is going to boil down to division record, and the Texans will be 5-1. and one. So I think they have a legitimate chance. I may be hyping myself up. No, you wouldn't hype yourself up about the Texans. No, nah, not at all. No, no, no. Never that, never that. All right, let's talk about um some bets. Jeremy, plus 600 for the season. E- I'm sorry, it's plus 600 for the week, even for the season. Um, Jared, up 600 for the week, then up 800 for the season. Um, Let's talk about it, fellas. Let's start with you, Jared. So, so, so. Let me tell you guys about... uh. My picks last week. I really was I was four and one. I really was five and one. Let me tell you why. So one of my picks was the Ravens to cover six and a half points versus the Steelers. But then once we were kind of in question about whether that game was going to actually be played, I talked to Jeremy and I said, "Look, man, I'm going to take because I gave a bonus pick. I gave the Cardinals to cover. I sorry the, the Patriots to cover versus the Cardinals. I'm just going to use that as my game, and you know at least that way I know that." Um, you know, in that situation that we'd be covered um, in the event of them, you know, playing the game or not being played and me having to wait till that Friday. And so that's what I did. I was like, all right, we're just going to go with that. And it was smart. You know why it was smart? Because the Cardinals, that pick was correct. I was right. And now we're in a very similar spot. The Ravens still ended up covering. So I would have covered that one. And you throw in the fact that the rest of my picks only one, only pick I missed from last week's games, uh, and let me just kind of go through them. I so the the first game I had, I had the Texans covering versus the Lions, which was the Thursday uh, night game. Clearly, I, that that was a cover. Um, I had picked the um, 
the oh the only game I missed was nonsense. I picked the Giants to cover versus the Bengals. They were covering, and then Dale Jones pulled his hamstring, and Colt McCoy came in the game, and they threw a last second touchdown. I picked the Titans to cover versus the Colts. They covered that. Um, other game I picked was the Seahawks to cover versus the Eagles, and they did. Um, so look, man, it's it's been a it's been a, a nice little ride I've had. I've, uh, I've put together some solid performances. And now it's really about like, can I consistently, you know, continue to thrive? I mean, that's really what it's all about. I mean, if I if I can do that, if I can um, consistently keep hitting on my numbers that I that I've been hitting on, I think there's a really legit chance that I can uh, finish the season very strong. So I'm, I'm excited about it. Handy bit scramble like Randall with his Cunningham, but the only thing running is numbers, fam. Jared held down for six summers. Man, where's the love? <laughs> okay. All right, Jim. Let's talk about it, man. All right. Um, I had a lot of the same picks as Jared. I, I too, finished 4-1. and one. Um, My picks were uh, – the, the game I missed, I'll start with the bad, was the same Daniel Jones getting injury game when they were covering, and the Bengals ran a kickoff return back for a touchdown and scored a last-second touchdown. Um, should have been an easy cover, but happens sometimes. Um, the other games that I bet, uh, I bet that the Texans were going to beat the Lions um, and cover. They covered that easy. Um, I bet that the Dolphins will cover against the Jets. Um, I bet that the Saints will cover um, against the Broncos, which ended up being a very, very easy cover with uh, no quarterbacks playing. And uh, I bet Seattle uh, minus five and a half. So uh, four and one for the week, back to even for the season. Let's get it. Let's make some things happen. And if you want, you know, we can go and get into some of these, uh, some of these best for this week. You can go ahead and have it. How about it? Let's do it. Okay. All right, cool. Um, so one of the best that I'm taking for this week um, seems to be simple enough to me. Um, I got it at minus 11, but I'll see what it is at right now. I took the Dolphins um, in a game against the Bengals. Now it's minus 11 and a half. So um, we'll do a minus 11 and a half. We'll take what the spread is right now. But um, you got a little earlier. You got it at minus 11. They're at home against the Bengals. Um, I think they should cover that pretty easily. Uh, another game I bet, Saints minus three um, against the Falcons at Falcons. Um, you saw last game we played against them, and the same thing will be true. They can't block our defensive line. Our defensive line is giving up uh, – or our defense is giving up uh, one touchdown in the last four weeks. Number one yardage defense in football, number two uh, rushing yards, uh, number five rushing defense, number five scoring defense. I mean, it's something serious. Uh, number one in scoring since week four. So, overall um, – I think we're going to cover that, that, that spread pretty easily. Um, looking at the other games that we have, um, I also picked the uh, Raiders, minus eight uh, at the Jets. I think they should cover that pretty simply. Um, I, let's see what it's going up to now. I know it's probably going up a little bit. It's at uh, eight and a half now, so we can get eight and a half on this. Uh, and then the, the last two games that I'll take for this week, uh, I'll take the uh, the Texans plus three and a half. Um, I think Deshaun will put up a lot of points. Uh, and lastly, I'm definitely not betting on Seattle because Seattle uh, is probably going to do the exact same thing they did before. Um, I'll take the Packers minus eight against the Eagles. Now, what I will tell you is this. Um, the Packers, if you're going to bet that game for real, I know I said minus eight because this is what we do. Look at some of the first half lines. Um, I would be a lot more comfortable betting in real life, if I'm betting my own money, just being personal, uh, I'd, be, I'd be a lot more comfortable betting the Packers minus four in the first half than the bet minus eight for the full game. Because you could get another backdoor cover where Doug Peterson wants to go for a two-point conversion um, 
and uh, and ended up losing out. So, um, you know, that's where I am with that. But, uh, a lot of the games this week, they've got really, really um, favorable um, first half lines. I think you can get uh, Dolphins over the Bengals under a touchdown. You can get the uh, Raiders over the Jets um, less than a touchdown. So some of those lines for the first half um, are really, really good lines. So um, let's make it happen. All right, 85. So a lot of these I agree with. Uh, obviously, I'm taking the Texans plus three and a half at home versus the Colts. Um, one thing I did not t- touch on earlier. So Will Fuller, our number one receiver, and Bradley Roby, our number one corner, both got suspended for the season for a PED use. Apparently met with a doctor who gave them some drugs that told them it was legal and approved by the NFL and was not. But we still have Brandon Cooks, who – is a borderline number one receiver on pace for over a thousand yards. Still got Kiki QT filling in the slot. We got a rookie wide receiver who Isaiah uh, Coulter, who we feel really good about. I think that game is going to be good. I think Deshaun's going to put up good numbers. I think we'll eke out a win. Um, next, Titans minus five and a half versus the Browns. Can I say one thing? Bray, Baker Mayfield stinks. Like, can we just go out there and say it? Like, yes, they're eight and three. He sucks. I, I, I coined the term last year, Baker, Baker, turnover maker. And he's not turning the ball over. But you know what? He sucks. There was a wide open pass last week versus the Jaguars, where two guys both. So here's the. So let me let me let me give the the listeners a a, a quick overview. So a lot of times red zone concept wise, they they try to run mesh routes where two wide receivers will run essential slants so that they pick off each other. So that maybe my defender runs into your defender to give you the quarterback an easier read. Well, in this case. The two slants happen, and the way that they're taught is, hey, just like in basketball, let's switch. So we pass off the route. I take your slant, you take my slant. Well, both of them went with the guy who was running outside. So literally the wide receiver across the middle of the field had nobody guarding him. It was a six-yard pass. I know it's very hard. You watch like a situation like where the Saints played a quarterback uh, a wide receiver playing quarterback who played quarterback in college, and he completes one pass all day. And a lot of people were like, this proves when everybody says, like, I could go out and complete an NFL pass, how hard it is. Listen, no exaggeration. I could have made this pass easily. There was nobody within 20 yards of the receiver, and it was a six- to seven-yard pass. And Baker Mayfield overthrew him outside the end zone. And literally the entire game, he missed pass after pass after pass. Um, the only person with a, a longer inter- – you know, non-interception streak uh, going right now is Deshaun Watson. Baker has 120 game uh, straight pass attempts with no interception. I have no idea how it is because he's not hitting anybody. Forget hitting the other opponents. He's he's not even hitting his receivers. So I think the Titans run the ball down their throat. Derrick Henry's trying to get into the MVP vote. Uh, my boy Deshaun Watson's trying to get in there if we somehow make the playoffs. Uh, but I'm going to take the Titans minus five and a half. Book that. Next game. Feel really good about this one. I got even line. I'm going to take the Patriots to cover and a win straight up versus the Chargers. Now, here's what one thing about the Chargers. One, I like Anthony Lynn as a, uh, as a, a you know coach. Uh, I love, I always support black coaches. It's not a good fit right here. Uh, they're they're losing too many games where there's too many things that are happening that make no sense from a clock management standpoint. And although he was 13 and three two years ago, back to back losing seasons, I don't think he keeps his job. I don't think that team is doing really well right now. And then you throw in Justin Herbert, who is a gunslinger, playing well, but Bill Belichick eats rookie quarterbacks alive. 
Um, so I think there's a, a realistic chance that Stefan Gilmore and that team, same way they did with Kyler last week, is they're able to muck up the game, make it very uncomfortable for them, give them very complex reads, pick them off a couple times. And I'm expecting the Patriots to be able to cover or, or win that game straight up. Book that. Next, this one's really, really uh, tricky to me. But I'm going to go there. I'm going to take the 49ers over the Bills. It's an even line as well. Monday night football. 49ers, they, I, the Houston Texans are going to be up for a head coach. Everybody, I think, is talking about Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator, black offensive coordinator for the, the Kansas City Chiefs, who should have had a job last year. Um, I would go the other way. I would go Robert Sala. I would go the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. Because here's the thing. If you have Deshaun Watson and you have the offensive coordinator that we have now, you can generate offense. Really, the problem is going to be, can you figure out a way to get a defense? And Robert Sala has the 49ers top five in every category. And they, they traded Quan Alexander. They had an injury to uh, Nick Bosa. He's out for the season. They traded DeForest Buckner before the season started. Richard Sherman's missed multiple games. Um, they, they've had all these guys miss all this time. And they're still top five in every category. And Josh Allen, only he person's had more, more people miss, miss games than... He has my fantasy football team. Continue. Yes, yes. Your fantasy football team is, uh, I mean, but Jeremy, it's from the same team there. George Kittle, even though it's from the offense. (laughs) But, you know, I think, so I expect the 49ers to be able to cause some problems. Now that Casey Hayward's back, Richard Sherman's back, I think they can match up really well with the receivers um, for Buffalo. The game is in Arizona because that's where San Francisco's playing their home games for the next three home games because of the new ordinances there in, in the Bay Area. Um, but I expect the 49ers to be able to win it. I think the the, uh, the Bills are soft. I think they'll run the ball. I think Debo Samuel being back and healthy um, allows them to play a lot more physical style, and I'll, I'll pick that as the win. The last game, I don't really like it, but if I have to bet it, I'm going to go with the Cardinals to cover two. They're, they're plus two and a half versus the Rams. Look, man, I told people beforehand, like, Kyler Murray is really, really good, but they're like a year away. Like, I, I think Isaiah Simmons is starting to play better football. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is great, uh, but Kyler's gotten a little banged up now. So he, he, you lose the running ability. He's still as good as Kyler is. Kyler's still in his second year. And I think a lot of people don't realize, like, when you look at a guy like a Patrick Mahomes or a Deshaun Watson, they started for years in college. They had, like, Deshaun started really two and a half straight years. Um, Kyler started one year of college. And then after he started one year at Oklahoma, he comes into the NFL and he's played really, you know, 25 games at this point. And so there's some defenses that can confuse him. But in this situation, I think he's playing a team he's familiar with. I think there's not really a, uh, as, as good as they are, I don't think, I, I think Jared Goff has played terrible enough in a lot of these games. If you look at Jared Goff over the last month, he's had three games where he's turned the ball over, I think, at minimum four times. Uh, I think the defense for the Cardinals is able to keep them in it. I think this is a do or die game. I think they're the more desperate team, although I think the Rams are somewhat desperate as well. Um, I think the Cardinals somehow figure out a way to get, get a win, uh, to get to seven and five, uh, because I think if they don't, they're going to be six and six tied with the Vikings for that seven spot. And uh, things can get really dicey for him from a playoff pr- perspective. So those are my my picks. Just to go back through it real quick, Texans uh, to cover three and a half points. Titans, their favorite, minus five and a half, cover that. Um, I got the Cardinals covering two and a half points. 
I got the Patriots winning with an even spread versus the Chargers, and the 49ers winning with an even spread versus the Bills. Book it. All right, fellas. Um, we're going to see, man. I guess uh, Jeremy's got a little bit of catching up to do. Uh, basically, he can't. I don't know. I don't know if you can't catch up, right? I don't think you can. Oh, for, oh, for sure. I could, I could catch you up. You have to have a terrible, terrible week. So, I mean, it's possible. Um, Not yeah, really. Man, I, I'm only $800, $800 back. If, 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 if I had a week where I won four out of four out of five and he lost one out of five, he won one out of five, I'd probably be up. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll see, fellas. Um, any parting thoughts before we get up out of here, man? Well, I think the first parting thought is me going one and five. <sighs> um, last thing I, I, I will throw out here, college football, there's one bet that I really – there's a couple of bets I felt good about. One bet I felt really, really great about. Um, that's this weekend you got uh, Coastal Carolina was supposed to be playing Liberty. Now they're playing BYU because Liberty had a COVID case. It's college game day. BYU is filled in for Liberty. BYU has been disrespected, and I'm not sure if you guys have watched BYU play. They are serious. That quarterback, Zach Wilson, he's going to be a first-round pick. And so now you got Coastal, who's been preparing all week for Liberty, who then today has announced that, all right, now you're going to play BYU. You had a day and a half to prepare for a new scheme. BYU's probably just been sitting back waiting for a team to play, and now they're playing on the night game. The spread right now is BYU minus nine and a half. Bet it. Go ahead, bet it. BYU's winning Coastal that game. Real too. I like Coastal. Coastal's quarterback has 16 touchdowns and one pick. But listen, this ain't the smoke you want. BYU's going to win this game by at least three touchdowns. Book it. Bet that line. Get it in. I already have. Okay. All right. That's, I mean, that's, yeah. that's kind of some insider, uh, insider trading tipping right there. You know what I mean? So we'll see. Yeah. I'm going to look at that line. I'm going to look at it tonight. Hey, I, um, I got I got one thing I want to throw out. Okay. I, I saw uh, Sean Kemp was on uh, was on a podcast. Well, not even really, really a podcast. Yeah, he was getting interviewed earlier this week, uh-huh. and he was asked about <clears throat> the first time he played against Larry Bird. And he said, "You know, he asked me at the jump ball. He said, are you the one that broke all my records in high school?' And I was like, "Yeah, that's me." He said, "Are you the one that used to duck on my brother?' Uh, he said, "You the one that used to duck on my brother Andy too, right?" He said, yeah, that's me. Then Larry Bird told him, I got something for you tonight. Larry Bird gave him 40, 11, and 10. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Larry, Larry Bird's one of the goats, dog. Like, think of, to, to, to say that before the game starts means that you know at any given point I can turn it on and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> right, right. So so really, really quick story uh, that reminded me of that. Damon and Jeremy will, will remember this story. So we used to go to vacation Bible school. Who didn't? There was a vacation Bible school down the street from us, uh, from my grandma's house at Pleasant Grove. There was a kid there who me and him got in a fight. We were the same age. And he swung on me and I punched him. And apparently his older brother found out about it. And he snuck up behind me and he hit me with one of those big red bats. I'm not sure if you guys remember those old Fred Flintstone looking red plastic bats. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember being like blindside hit with a red bat. And I remember my cousin Chris, they they came to the house because I, I was crying after getting hit blindsided, jumped with a bat, and he said, We took care of it. And I think that's what that's what Larry Bird did. But he, he said, You ain't gonna worry about it, we took care of it. And I think Larry Bird was looking at it and he told his little brother, he said, You know what? 
I got you. I got you. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, man. Um, on that note, fellas, um, that's all I got, man. Thanks, uh, thanks everybody for tuning in for for tuning in another week. Uh, we'll be back next week. You know what I'm saying? Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, we out. <laughs>